Hey, everybody. Welcome. Please come in. Hey, that's good. I don't even know what I did to deserve that, but thank you. Woo! All right. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Wow. Come on in, folks. Eric, let's go, everyone. Welcome to Texas. <laughs> you know, I, I get worried that I throw a party and nobody comes. This is really nice. Everybody came. This is great. Welcome to Austin. Welcome to Barton Creek Resort. Welcome to NAATP's 39th Annual National Addiction Leadership Conference. Welcome to... I have a slide in here somewhere that says 600 folks have registered to come to this conference, but since, uh, after registration today, I think we're closer to 625 or 630. So we threw a party and lots of folks uh, came and, and, and it's wonderful. It's, uh, it's important that we come together. It's important that we come together every year as a professional community. It's important that we come together the way only the National Association of Addiction Treatment Providers comes together. We come here to be ethical. We come here to be collegial. Um, we come here to, to help one another. We come here to share best practices. And that's a pretty important thing given what's going on out there in the world right now. There are lots of folks having conferences these days, and that's wonderful, and I don't disparage any of it. The more, the merrier, but I think this place is special. I accepted the job of directorship of this organization because I think there's something very special at the core of this organization. It is the leadership of a field. It is the leadership of a field that knows at its core that we aren't just business people, although we are that. We aren't just professionals, although we are that. We're healers. It's hard to understand if you haven't seen it. If you haven't seen someone come into treatment, sick and dying, and leave well, transformed into a new human being, if you haven't seen that healing take place, it's pretty hard to understand that it happens. But it happens. It happens in our treatment centers every day. It's not happening in every treatment center right now, is it? Right? Hardly a day goes by when I don't read a newspaper article about something horrible that has happened in our industry. Two days ago, out of South Florida, and we pick on South Florida, it's not the only place where these things are happening. Two days out of South Florida, I read another article uh, about a young heroin addict who, who died having been misled to what amounts to fraudulent addiction treatment. That's not who we are, but it's a brush we get painted with sometimes, isn't it? So we come here today, we come here this weekend as a professional society with shared values as healers, knowing that we have a special gift, that we have a special responsibility, and we know how to treat addiction. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to spend three days together reaffirming those values and helping each other remember why we do this work, even though we're competitors, even though we're business people. Uh, we're going to come together and we're going to be collegial. Um, we're going to be kind to each other. Please be kind to each other while you're here, right? Um, that's not what's going on out there a lot of the time. That's why we're here. So I welcome you on behalf of our nation's professional society of addiction treatment providers dedicated to providing the best possible treatment in this country to the most possible people in this country. Let's do that together. Let's reaffirm those values this weekend, and then when we get back out there, we will influence the others. 
Okay? Can we do that? says 600 attendees, we've done better than that. This is a wonderful convening. We have 600 plus, we have 110 exhibitors, we have 55 sponsors. This is going to be great. There's a wonderful momentum here when we come together and do this. Uh, I want to say a special thank you to our five tier one sponsors, Hazelden Betty Ford Foundation, Awakenings Recovery, Cumberland Heights, uh, Karen Treatment Centers, and MSN Insurance. These folks support us at a very high level. It doesn't happen without them. Can we give them a round of applause, please? <laughs> last time I saw you was a year ago, at least gathered together like this. The last time I saw you was a year ago in Florida. Uh, and um, it was a very interesting time because NAATP had just finished its first year of reorganization with new staff, new headquarters, new branding, new strategic plan, new program. And um, it was a big event. I had started as, as the fourth director in NAATP's history on May 1, 2015, and we did a lot of work in one year to get to you that first year and show us and show you all what we had done. Um, boy, another year goes by fast. Um, having shown you that we were reorganized and that we had all these services, we sat down as a staff and said, let's start delivering, right? Uh, if you say to me, what have you done for me lately, that's a fair question. We're going to talk a little bit tonight about what, what we've done for you lately, but I want to thank some people first. Um, the reorganization, the, the reinvigoration of NAATP, our success, our growth, our membership is growing, doesn't happen without the dedication of amazing people. So I want to start with the staff. Um, our staff is growing. Uh, we, have, uh, we have wonderful people, and I want to, to ask the, the core staff of NAATP to please stand up, stay standing while I identify you, and, and you get a, little, get a little love from the group. <laughs> These guys, these guys work really, really hard. I want to start with our Director of Operations, Katie Strand. Um, I used to work for a, a lawyer training organization. I was a trial skills trainer, and um, Katie Strand was one of the, the key uh, staff at that training center. And when I started this job, I thought, I got to go get a superstar. I need to go get a superstar to help me do this. Um, and, and that's Katie. And I said, Katie, come with me. Let's, let's do this thing. You've got a really good job. You're getting paid really well. You have good benefits. You're happy. You like the people you work with. That's not good enough. This is going to be better. Come with me. <laughs> and she had, a, she had a moment of lack of clarity, I think, is what must have been the situation. And she came with me. And, and we're so grateful to you, Katie. You're fabulous. Tiffany Rohde joined the staff as our program coordinator next, and when you call our 800 number or uh, email info at NAATP.org, you get Tiffany, and my heart is warmed all day long with the same enthusiasm. Uh, minute after minute, I hear National Association, this is Tiffany, how may I help you? 
I was, you know, it, just, it warms my heart that she does this tirelessly. Her attitude doesn't change. Everybody's not sweet to her on the phone, by the way, especially if your golf pairings are messed up. You know, that, that, that would be, <laughs> we got to fix that. And she, thank God she's answering the phone and not me. Uh, Tiffany, you're fabulous also. Thank you. <laughs> Jessica Swan is our outcomes and surveys manager, and that's a big job. The work we're doing in outcomes, we're going to talk about a little more later, but th that's critical information. We have to measure our work accurately, and we have to be transparent about it, and we have to show the world that treatment works, right? We can't just say, it works, right? Um, we know treatment works. We see the person come in sick, and we see them uh, leave on a new path of recovery, but we have to show this in a... In a in a social science validated manner, and that's what Jessica does, and, and we have very exciting news on the, on the outcome study. So thank you, Jessica. I, uh, yeah. A huge piece of what we do is serve as a voice for public policy in Washington, D.C. We are not very significant all by ourselves, right? One treatment center, one voice, no matter how articulated, articulate, no matter how well-connected, is not enough. This is a cacophony of voice. This is a powerful voice. This influences what happens in Washington, and my God, we need to be influencing what happens in Washington right now. And so Mark Dunn, you have no small job, my friend. Mark Dunn is our public policy director. <laughs> It's easy, right, Mark? Um, uh, you know, I will tell you that, that Mark is a thoughtful, calm, balanced person who does not engage in hyperbolic, vitriolic dialogue. He's not like me at all. Uh, and he has told us in no uncertain terms that it is the most difficult time, the most uncomfortable time, the most hateful uncomfortable, unhealthy time that he has ever seen or experienced in Washington, D.C. It's a challenge. I'm glad we have you, Mark. Thank you. <laughs> Peter Thomas joined the staff four weeks ago as the, as the first, the newest member of the staff and the first full-time NAATP membership development manager. Welcome, Peter. Peter comes to us as a former executive director of a treatment center. He has great skills. He's very bright. He's very hardworking. He's already doing a dive into um, our, our membership uh, core in order to understand who we are and what we do and how we can do things better and how we can expand our membership and get even bigger and more powerful. And, and we're off to a great start. You have a lot to look forward to from Peter, including getting a message from him in the not-too-distant future asking you what you want from us. Um, thank you, Peter. Thank you, guys. You can have a seat. But an association doesn't thrive just on staff alone. It needs oversight. It needs governance. And we have a board of directors that has a level of dedication that I have rarely seen in my professional career, and I'm going to identify them to you. The, N the, the National Association is governed by my bosses. I have 25 treatment center CEOs as my bosses. So if you're, yeah, all right, I'm not going to say anything. But. These are wonderful people who work very hard. They volunteer. 
they not only are not paid for their job, they pay us to do their job. They pay to come here, they pay to register for this conference, and they do it without being asked to do it. These are generous people who care more about the success of our profession than they do about their own personal welfare. I mean that, they do, and I want to ask all of them to stand up right now so that I can identify them to you and so that you know who they are and so that you can talk to them. Don't sit down, don't sit down, don't sit down. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this real quick. Way in the back, Kermit Dolan, Executive Director, Jackson Recovery Centers, Sioux City, Iowa. Next to him, Peter Polanka, uh, Executive Vice President, I'm gonna get most of these pretty much right, of TAS, Treatment Alternatives for Safe Communities in Chicago. Moving over here, Art Vandeveer, Executive Director of La Hacienda Treatment Center and our incoming board chair. Next to him, John Driscoll, Executive Vice President of All Things That Matter at the Hazelden Betty Ford Foundation in Center City, Minnesota. Uh, Clay Simmons, Bradford Health, joined our board fairly recently. Thank you, uh, uh, welcome Clay. I'm gonna start right here with Rick Pine, President and CEO of Livingren Foundation in Ben Salem, Pennsylvania. Uh, right behind him, Ed Deal, uh, President and CEO of Seabrook House in Seabrook, New Jersey. Uh, Scott Munson, uh, executive Director, President, CEO, Boss Man of Sundown M Ranch in Yakima, Washington. Behind him, our current board chair, to whom I am very grateful. This transition is not possible without Carl Kester, the CEO of Lakeside Milam Treatment Centers <laughs> in the greater Seattle area. Kathy Palm is next to Carl. She's the executive, executive director of Tully Hill Chemical Dependency Treatment Center in the Syracuse, New York area. Um, next to, thank you. Now oh, let's applaud for Kathy, what the heck. Yeah. Uh, next, uh, Ray Tomasi, uh, president and CEO of Gosnold on Cape Cod in Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Next to him is none other than Jay Crossan, the, the, the boss of Cumberland Heights Treatment Center in Nashville, the boss. Um, uh, Paul Bacharach, director and uh, CEO of um, Gateway Rehab in Pennsylvania. And then we turn to Becky Flood, uh, president and CEO of New Directions for Women in Costa Mesa, California, or somewhere near that. Paul Hackman, Executive Director of Pavilion in North Carolina. Uh, Phil Eaton, uh, President and CEO of Rosecrans outside of Chicago in Rockford, Illinois. And finally and last but definitely not least, Nanette Zumwalt, President and CEO of Hired Power in Southern California. Thank you. Oh, 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 way in the back. I'm not done. Gary Fisher, Executive Director of Cirque Lodge. Oh, oh. Um, Dave Rotenberg is way in the back, clinical director at Karen Treatment Centers, and I'm going to see Bobby Ferguson over here. Bobby is the direct, Bobby's the founder of Jay Walker Lodge, and now the founder of a new venture in um, young people's recovery, Sober Fraternity Alpha 180 program. Good luck, Bobby. <laughs> Annie Peters is back a little bit further, clinical director at Harmony Foundation in Estes Park, Colorado. 
And finally, Debbie Sanford, director at, don't say it, I'm just running out of gas a little bit, Pine Grove in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, right? <laughs> Board members serve three-year terms. Um, we balance institutional history with growth as we develop our board. Since I have been executive director in the last two years, we have five new board members. Sometimes we hear criticism that the board doesn't turn over enough. It's a balance, folks. Institutional history and competence and talent and knowledge matters. Growth matters. We're doing what we need to be doing, but I want you to express your interest in serving on the board. If you, know, if you want to serve on the board, if you know someone who wants to serve on the board, get us that information. You want to know the best way to get on the board? Start working in a committee, right? Here are the NAATP committees. Some of these are exclusive to board members. Others are open to provider members in good standing with the National Association. So think about serving on the membership committee or the ethics and professionalism committee or the Public Policy Advocacy Committee, or the Outcomes Research Committee, or the Communications and Publications Committee, Awards and Recognition, Education, Training, and Resources. If you want to do the work, we want you to help us do the work. And, and that works, and that, that is, is the best way, not only to serve in the association, but to, uh, but to work your way toward board service. NATAP is growing. I said it, so still, you know, you heard Eric Button. By the way, Eric, good job on the microphone. Eric Button from Burning Tree. Um, we have some extraordinary volunteers. I see Ruth Ann Rigby back there and from um, Cornerstone. And Eric Button from Burning Tree and Ann Bound from Rosecrans. There, yeah, Eric's a bashful fellow. I don't know if you know that or not. Um, and it, it, it takes a village. We love that you guys help us the way you do. You do it. You treat it like a, like a job. So we're growing. Sometimes we stay NATAP, but, but, but it's the National Association and it's NAATP. And since we saw you last year, 80 new members have joined the association. Yeah, right? That's a big deal. Um, if we're going to influence this profession the way we need to, we need to bring more in. And to the extent that some of those folks don't know how to behave, Let's get them in and teach them how to behave, right? <laughs> um, that's part of the process, right? And so take a look at your conference program on page, not right now, uh, at some point on page 29 and you see the list of new members. Um, we welcome you. Thank you for becoming part of the solution. That's what our membership map looks like as we grow. Um, there are two kinds of NAATP members, supporters and providers. At our core, we are providers. The blue indicate provider members. Provider members are licensed addiction service provider members. They provide a licensable addiction service. Um, and this is the concentration of our membership around the country as it grows and develops. The orange are the supporter members, and we value you too. We want what, supporting the industry helps the industry thrive. So we want you at the table as well. Um, but at our core, we are provider members. We are members who provide addiction treatment along the entire continuum of care. Our historic core continues to be our core, uh, the residential primary model. But we, we serve the whole continuum. And that's what our membership is looking like as it develops and grows. If you know somebody in Wyoming or North Dakota, would you please tell them to join the damn National Association? Because it's embarrassing to see those things right there. My home state of Montana has a little dot in it. Um, 
and I know who it is, by the way. But, <laughs> um, so we're growing. We have some international members, and and uh, this particular graph is the work of of Peter Thomas in his first few weeks uh, as and in studying our membership. We have 800 campuses around the country now doing this work. That's a pretty strong core and getting stronger. Let's return to what we're doing here this week. We're coming together as a profession. We need this time together. We need it to affirm and reaffirm our purpose and values. And it happens at a very fascinating time. Our time is sort of Dickensian. It is sort of the best of times and the worst of times. I don't want to just focus on the worst of times, but I do want to recognize the elephant in the room that we have a major ethical business practice problem in this profession. We've got to clean it up. And in order to clean it up, this house has to be clean, right? Um, are there NAATP members who violate professionalism and ethical standards out there? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I want to say to you? If you know who you are, we want you to stay a member, but we want you to clean up your act. And if you're not willing to clean up your act, we want you to leave. So it's the best of times and the worst of times. We have the most potential to serve sick people that we've ever had in the history of, of addiction service. We understand more about addiction than we have ever understood. We understand the brain science, the psychology, the social components, and the spiritual components at a higher level and a deeper level than we have ever understood it before. We know what addiction looks like, and we know how to treat it. We've kind of won the battle in some ways, right? There was a time when the world at large didn't understand that addiction was a disease and that a comprehensive biopsychosocial approach to treating the disease would help people be, uh, become well. That's pretty much accepted now. Right? That's a wonderful place to be. We know how to do this. But we're also challenged within this by a, fairly, by a destructive climate that we need to do something about. When I think about the challenges and the, and the, and the topics that we face as a professional society, there are, there are numerous, and they're significant. Staffing, when you think about just practical operational things, staffing at treatment centers is a challenge for the executive. That's, an, that's something that we need to address, and we do. Right? The, the big clinical issue of integrating care with a bit of a, of a false dichotomy still in existence of, of, of science and spirituality continues to be a challenge. We are still learning how to integrate medication-assisted treatment well into psychosocial spiritual care. That continues to be a challenge. There's work to do there, and we need to work on that too. But the biggest challenge is ethics, folks. The biggest challenge is unprofessional, unethical, and sometimes illegal business practices. Uh, those practices are harming all of us. They're scaring people away from treatment. They're harming people. They're painting all of us with a bad brush. And we have to respond to that. And I want to talk to you a little bit about how we're responding to that. Let's talk about some positive things and then return to that. It's not that it's not positive, it's that, that I, don't, I, I don't want to leave you with the impression that our industry is in crisis. I want to tell you that our industry is thriving and that we have to work on this. So I want to tell you some, about some of the NAATP programs. Um, Geneva, can you click on NAATP.org? Um, uh, let's actually, can you go back to the, to the, no, you know what, you're fine. Well, 
Thank you, Geneva. Um, do you all go to the website? Do you all know that this, this uh, gray bar at the top is your member bar? Do you all know that every single employee, staff member at your organization, has the right to sign on to this website and use all of the resources. We built this site for you, and we want you to use it. This is an example of, of the things that, that you see when you first sign on. So please encourage all of your staff members to use these resources. It's a wonderful website. I want to tell you about a couple of the features. So Geneva, if you could go back now, I want to talk about whatever it is that I'm going to see when you slide this away, which is stuck. You know what? Can you click on, is it live, the M2M forum at the, at right, right here? Can you get that? I'll start talking about it. We just launched the M2M forum. It's the member-to-member -member discussion forum. Um, all provider members are now able to go on to the member-to-member -member, uh, discussion forum and post thoughtful, professional questions, here we go, and if you cursor down a little bit, you can see some of the discussions that have begun. We've updated our public policy statement, um, and we, we, we talk about evaluating for ethical marketing. Uh, this is now your tool to have, to have comprehensive professional discussions. It's not a Facebook discussion, it's not a LinkedIn discussion, it's not a, it's not a Twitter uh, tweet but rather a thoughtful professional discussion within this. So we're very pleased to offer this to you. We just launched it, and we encourage you to use it. So let's go back out of this if we could, Geneva. Thank you. The Addiction Industry Directory is the directory of your programs that we are building and that, and that you populate with your information. Can we go to the AID real quickly? Um, Geneva, thank you. So there's the AID. It is searchable by many, many fields, by treatment type, by location, and we want to make sure that you are properly populated within this. If your organization hasn't done this, please go in. This is the best way to find good treatment, right? Um, this is, we, want, we want folks to understand that if you're looking for an addiction treatment provider, it's the NAATP AID that, that will get you there. So I want to encourage folks to to make sure that you do that. If you have any trouble, contact Tiffany and she will get, get it all going. So let's go back to that page if we could, Geneva. Back to the slide rather than the site. I just wanna highlight a couple more things and then we're gonna move on and then we're gonna go, go, go to dinner. Um, uh, I mentioned earlier that um, we are, uh, this year we completed a salary survey for the first time in a number of years. We are already, uh, we have already begun work completing, to working on the 2018 salary survey, and so you'll be contacted about that. The salary survey is as good as the information that you give us, so please participate when Peter contacts you uh, to get that information in. If you are logged in and, and, and signed up, you're now receiving Addiction Leader, the quarterly newsletter of the National Association. Um, and, um, uh, I'll talk a little bit more about the Outcomes Pilot Program. If you are an NAATP member, a provider member, you receive a subscription to Alcoholism and Drug Abuse Weekly, which will appear in your inbox every Monday. It's a very solid publication. Right? It's, it, it, it's not a buy space publication. Um, uh, we, we think very highly of it, and that's why we provide it to members. Um, if you're not getting our weekly news updates, public policy updates from Washington, director's desk messages from me, general NAATP news from Katie, um, 
uh, it's because you haven't logged in and signed up, so make sure you're doing that so that you're in contact with what we're doing every day. Um, I want to talk to you about the outcome study. It's huge. I talked earlier about how important it is. The purpose, it is, it is the outcomes pilot program. It is the first program of its kind. It is created and underway in order to create, validate, and disseminate an instrument and protocol for NAATP members to measure their patient outcomes. It's huge. It's a rigorous program. It has IRB oversight and National Institute of Health validation. And we are now in the third quarter of data collection. Eight pilot sites with 753 clients are enrolled. Um, the initial enrollment data, which shows a number of interesting sort of characteristics of the population, is, is included in the spring issue of Addiction Leader that summarizes where we're at. And about a year from now, we will have completed the study, we will have normed the instrument, and we will be in a position to create the toolkit to give to you so that you can do this work in your centers. Finally. It is a pilot program. It's well conceived. We worked very hard on it. The IRB oversees it and asks us very tough questions. The social scientists who do this work and collect the data are very good at what they do, and yet it is imperfect. That's why it's called a pilot program. We are learning as we go. By the time we, we finish this and learn what our successes and what our mistakes are, we will be in a position to produce this tool for you so that you can use. It will also produce initial outcome measures. Right? We're going to have some data to say, here's what happened to 753 clients who discharged, who went through care and discharged from our eight pilot programs. That's going to be important. We're going to be very interested in seeing that data, but it's not the fundamental purpose of, of the program. The fundamental purpose is to create the protocol so that we can give you all the capacity to do this so that you can show how successful you are and we know that you are successful. So um, we, are, we are moving forward, and we'll be continuing to publish the data as it comes out, and as I say, um, uh, next year we'll be in a position to complete and close the pilot and produce the toolkit for you. We're very excited about this. It's a big project. It was a long time in coming, and, and we're happy to be at the phase that we're at. Thank you. All right, let's talk about ethics a little more. Um, well aware that these practices were harming our culture and harming our patients, NAATP developed an ethics code several years ago and published it. We wanted to sh say, look, this is what good practice looks like. And, and we did that. Yet the practices continued. So we required that NAATP members adhere to the code and commit to adhere to the code in order to remain a member. And that helped, but it still wasn't enough. And we heard that there were abuses going on, so we developed last year a complaint process. You can now, many of you know, file a complaint, out, uh, the, uh, the public can file a complaint against an NAATP member for a violation of the code. We review those. Um, they must not be anonymous, they must be carefully presented, and we follow up with those, and we are following up with those. Um, and we feel very good about that. But there are those who feel that that's still not enough. This is what happens, you see it. Patient brokering, predatory web practices, urinalysis abuse, any of these things sound familiar? 
upcharging and overutilization, billing for treatment when not housed in a residential treatment. We have a name for that, which starts with a state. Um, bait and switch out of network schemes, kickbacks, case management fees, and, and misrepresentations about what clinical treatment uh, is. These are the types of abuses that I hear about weekly and which we have to address at a higher level. Yesterday, at the annual board meeting of the National Association of Addiction Treatment Providers, the board of directors agreed that we need to do more, that we need to be more aggressive and we need to do two things. We need to shine a bright light on people who are doing this well and we need to expose folks who are not doing it. And so we have committed to a new initiative called the QCCP, which is the Quality Control Consumer Protection Initiative that has the following objectives. Promoting best business practice. Our concept is that we will do this through business practice training and credentialing. It is, the, it is possible that there will be an enhanced NAATP credential that tags on to accreditation by, for example, the Joint Commission or CARF. Uh, CARF, Joint Commission, others focus on safety uh, and quality of, of care. Our focus, our tag-on, our add-on would be uh, business practices. Um, and so we are, we are studying the best way to do that. Uh, the other objective is to deter problematic business practices, enforcement, through greater enforcement of our complaint process uh, when, uh, when we know that there has been a violation and the creation of a resource center repository that would create very descriptive documents to inform law and public policy on ethical business practice in the treatment world, educate the consumer as to appropriate treatment practice, and protect the consumer against these abuses. So we have made a commitment to go yet uh, another step, and that process begins now. Um, I would suggest that it begins with conversations between all of you. Um, but it's going to happen on a systemic level at NAATP. What exactly the QCCP will look like, um, we shall see, but we're gonna work very hard to clean this up. And as I say, the first thing we're gonna do is make sure our own house is clean before we go out and talk to others. All right, I wanna, I wanna return to a concept that before I let you go. These problems exist. Um, there are days when I feel like I need a shower after talking to reporters and, and learning about things that have happened out there. But at the end of the day, I remember why I come to work at this organization and I know why you do the work you do. You are healers. You save people's lives. People come in sick and they leave well. And I just don't want us to lose sight of that. We, it, we get so stuck in the day to day and it is so easy to become discouraged. It is so easy to become cynical. Our country is cynical. Our country feels a little broken right now, right? Maybe to some, I think our country feels a lot broken right now, and I think it spills over into our mood, right? Um, but there's a better way to do things and, and, and a professional society that shares values, even though we may not agree on everything we do, is a place where, where, there, where there can be uh, uh, a kind of healthy environment that helps us all deliver the services that we, that we care about and be the healers that we know that we are. So that's what I want the rest of this weekend to be about. And um, I hope that you will uh, attend the sessions and talk to each other and, um, and work with each other. I want to encourage you to load the conference app. It's a really good tool to stay in touch with each other and everything that's going on. Um, 
And again, I want to thank you for coming. Uh, I, I think we're going to have a wonderful weekend together. I'm going to just, I'm going to let us all go to dinner now. There are about 190 folks who are registered for the networking dinner, and I um, regret to inform you that. The Weather Service has advised us that there is, in fact, a dangerous storm, a cell that is coming in, and so we are not going to be able to go to dinner at the Rock House. Um, but we are going to be able to go to dinner at the Country Club, just down the road. Barton Creek Governor's Ballroom is a, is a wonderful venue, so we're still going to do the same thing. We're going to head out. It's not going to look like that but it is going to be a very nice dinner and we're going to be together. So when you leave here, head back to the lobby. There's a way to walk over. There's a way to jump in a shuttle and go over. Thank you for coming. We're off to a great start. Have a wonderful night.